episode of Life and Pinstripes. I'm TJ Stolzenberg. I'm James Yevin. And this is episode number 26. DJ LeMayhew. DJ, we'll get into you later, but we love you. First thing. Nothing but love. Nothing but love. First thing, first thing, first thing. I just have to get this out. Like, I just was bursting because I don't know how you guys like horror movies out there, but. You know me, I'm a big fan of them. I can't do it, man. I just can't do it. Ever, I saw it back in the 90s when I was a young child. And it gave me nightmares forever. Well, because it's clowns. Everyone dude. has a big fairy of clowns. Dude. I am scared of clowns. What is wrong with clowns, man? They yeah. are not... What's the, fu- what the funny makeup? The white with the red nose? Sometimes they get, they get a little crazy. Sometimes they're called carnies. Think about it. It's like an exact... Like the type of man beneath that is exaggerating all things supposed to be happy, but it focuses on children and, like, a mask, and it's all, it's weird and dark. And it I'm, literally fits the description of a serial killer. Correct. If you really think of it that way. And uh, I saw It, and I saw A Nightmare on Elm Street. At oh, that was a great movie. Way too young of an age. The original, to this day, the night I saw it, I had very much, very much trouble falling asleep, and when I did fall asleep... I dreamt of Freddy Krueger. And for those who do not know, when you dream Freddy Krueger kills you in your dream, you die in real life. So, I'm not trying to live that life. Hey, just think of it this way. You are not alone. I always think of the Johnny Depp scene when he got sucked into the bed and then this whole pool of blood just going all over the place. You're like, no! That was one of Johnny Depp's early works, and man, was he a handsome devil. And man, has his life changed since <laughs> I just saw him in uh, the Tales of Grindelwald or whatever. It has oh, the, uh, the evil sorcerer. Oh, the cr- Crimes of Grindelwald? That Crimes one? Of Grindelwald? I think something like that. I just think of him as when he played Mordecai a few years ago, and you're like, oh, He's God. played so many things. He's- he played Whitey Bulger in Black Mass. He played Gilbert Grape. I remember that was a. He great played movie. the Mad Hatter. He did. He played a lot of roles, but Johnny Depp. Oh, oh yeah, he played Willy Wonka too. Yeah, like creepy Willy Wonka too. Very creepy. He needs some respect. But not to get into much about movies, I just want to say, it, the new movie, it, 2017, it. I don't know if any of you have seen it, but I had asked James. I was like, how how was it? Because. Of course, when I saw they were remaking it, I'm like, I gotta see it. I just have to prove to myself that I can actually watch this movie. And I, he told me it was good, so I turned it on, and uh, I decided to watch it alone, in the dark, with the headphones on. Well, the thing is, you did it right, then. You in know, the dark? You know. With the headphones on? Nah. Were you always worried that your mother was gonna tap you on the shoulder and be oh, like, Bleh! God, no. I just... The movie is about a clown who haunts these kids, and... Honestly, do not watch it in the dark alone. With the, I didn't have a wall behind me. I had just a couch and all the space, so something could have gotten. I'm I'm done. I'm, it's 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 a movie that if you want to watch it, watch it with a girl, so you can squeeze her and then be the one who's like, oh, I'm not afraid, pretending not to be afraid, but don't watch that alone. I pro- I tried to prove it to myself and I proved nothing. I had to pause it. I had to go get a box of Cheez Its every five seconds. I couldn't make it through. Oh, I learned something. TJ is afraid of horror movies. So I am. We're going to pop one in next time we hang out. You want to know why I'm afraid of horror movies? Why? Because I dive so deep into these characters, into this movie. I have complete suspension of disbelief. I am... All movies are like that. Yeah, but you know what, dude? One of my biggest pet peeves... I was watching World War Z in the movie theater. Okay, that was a good movie. Great movie. With my buddy Ryan Iani. 
another fellow movie enthusiast, and there happened to be a group of girls a few rows in front of us that just were laughing anytime a zombie was on, like, oh, pff, oh pff, you know, it's like, we get it. Why are you even in this movie if you're going to be like that for this? People who are trying to be in this experience and be afraid and feel what these characters are feeling, you're completely, A, either not able to connect to them like we can, or B, put yourself out of your own head and actually enter someone else's emotions and live through them through a story or a narrative that's terrifying. Just suspension of disbelief is a tool. Use it. It makes everything more exciting when you watch a movie. Also, the generation of horror movies is just flat out just terrible, by the way. You look at the movies like Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween, those movies that get you every day, every night, and then you get this. Well, you know what it was? It was because CGI. CGI really... People had to use special effects. Well, they used makeup. They used all these right. things. Like, the thing. Right. That way. It, was, it was it. It was real. Recommended, by the way. And the It Clown, back in the 90s when it was made, it was terrifying because it was so real. And anything that was of the imagination you still thought was real because it was based on reality and physical things. Now, this new It did have a lot of CGI, but it was a lot of really creepy good makeup, too. Of course. So, I don't know. But there, you're right. There was, like, a middle decade there. In, like, 95 to 2005 era, like, in the Grudge era. The reason why the Grudge and the Ring were so good is because, like... They started breaking your mind down, but there was a lot of things that were physical. Yeah, a girl climbed out of a well and out of, out of your TV. Out of your TV. I mean, come on. That's already scary as it is. But that's terrifying. And oh my God, the scene in the new It, spoiler alert, but not really, when they had the slideshow projector going. Oh. And it just started going on its own. <laughs> and it went on its own. It's like, what's happening? What's happening? And then the, the mother's face turned into the clown. Yep. That is very And then they scary. And then they, they, they turn it off, turn it off. They kick it, it goes off kilter, and then it keeps playing on the wall, and then all of a sudden, bah! It, the actual clown pops out of the friggin'... Oh my god. I can't do this. Super digressing, by the way. Super digressing. So... How do we go from DJ LeMayhew to clowns? How's that a thing? Because TJ Stolzenberg is a moron. And James but anyways, is probably the double the moron, too. I heard Especially a story <laughs> that you might uh, want to share with us. It's about bro code, ladies and gentlemen. As you may know, a bro code is almost like a contract, you know, for us bros. An unwritten contract. It's unwritten contract. It's just being like, you guys, we do not mess with anything to affect our brotherhood, the friendship, and all that other stuff. Usually, the bro code comes down to another line, bros before hoes, and... Sometimes it c- pertains it's to a woman. If there's a woman coming in between two guys, that it just don't let it happen. You just keep your friendship, and then you let the girl say, hit the highway. Yeah. But James, uh, tell us a little story about your bro code issue. Okay, so my bro code issue was, go on Tinder. Yes, I know. I went back on the, so- the dating apps because I was just bored one day. We all know James is a hungry man. Yes, obviously. Anyway, the point is. <laughs> anyway, the point is, is that so I match with a specific female. You know, she's nice. We're all talking. Things are going. It's like, oh yeah, well, I want to see you, see each other someday. So then I go up with, seal the deal. Things happened. Later on, after the deal after was, the deal, the was, deal was sealed, <laughs> the deal was sealed. I noticed that she looked a little bit familiar, until I realized. It was my friend's ex. I'm like, no! Oh, boy. Like, this, is, this was my reaction. I'm like, what am I doing? What did I do? Did so, I ruin 
myself. I have one comment and question that I think people listening might want to ask too. Okay. How did you not realize who it was beforehand? Because it didn't come across my mind, obviously. Uh, a lot of it, you know, a lot of things happened in the mind of the James Yevon. <laughs> I guess you had the eye in the prize and the prize Yeah, was... I wasn't thinking about it. Then next thing you know, I'm like thinking about uh, Then I'm like, oh. Oh my goodness, what did I do? I'm like, Jesus. I'm like, what did I do? What did I do? But as we know, James is a gentleman. Of course. Even when he's in a mistake or in the middle of preventing another mistake. Of, how yeah. did you handle this? Uh, so I uh, asked my asked, uh, permission from my friend. I actually texted him. This happened. Are you okay with this? He said, yes, he's fine with it. The fr- I did the, you sure? Because, you right. know, when people say, yes, it's okay. Because at first... Because you don't know if you're 100% sure. I'm like, are you totally. sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? Because at first, let's be real, all men in that scenario... Actually, I've been on that end once. I've been on the end of the receiving end. Uh, a buddy of mine, uh, my ex... This is back in, like, high school and college, whatever. Wow. It was a while ago. But, uh... He texted me being like, hey, is this okay, whatever. And I, of course, at the time, I was still heartbroken over that girl. And I was like, uh, yeah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Ah. But this reminds me of another bro code story that's quite similar, but very different at the same time. I don't know. By the way, you told me it yeah. could have uh, so connected in a way. In my college days at the University of Connecticut. Great place. Great place. Uh... There was this group of friends, my boys, the nine. I've been to two of their weddings this, this summer. It's been phenomenal. Shout out to you both, Mike Cook and Drew Fosher. But uh, another member in our group, he had a, a thing for a girl. And there was this kind of girl group that was linked up to our guy group. And, you know, friends and then things happen in college and drinking and of alcohol. Course, all the fun things, blah, blah, blah. Woo! So the dynamic is I become a really good friend with this girl who's dating my, one of my best friends. And my best friend is absolutely head over heels for this girl. Now, he's head over heels for her. She's, you know, just coming out of something else that was kind of whatever, and she was in a tough thing. Of and course. I became her friend a shoulder to cry on. But of course, I'm hyping my main man, being like, this is your boy, he's, he's a sweetheart, you're never gonna have to deal with that with him. So, maybe... I don't know if I learned a lesson there of don't pull too many strings and don't try to make unnatural things happen. It has to happen organically. Let it it flow. Let it flow. Um, And the direction it flowed was not in a direction that should have happened because, well, I got closer with this girl and uh, as I'm watching my best friend be in love with this girl, I'm like, man, this is not heading the right direction. I guess um, I heard them having a little canoodle session in the room next to me when in our dorms in college. It's about two in the morning, and I hear the noise stop. I hear a door open and slam, and I'm like, well, what was that? And then a few moments later, I get a text from my buddy being like, you up? I'm like, yeah, man, what's up? So I go into his room. He tells me that during sex, while they're right in the middle of it, his girl yelled out, somebody else's name let's just say this if that happens you did something completely wrong um so i was like who and he's like your name i have to be honest i kind of laughed when you first told me that but my god does that sound so brutal talk about bro code even especially if you didn't 
did nothing except provide emotional support. I provided emotional support to both of them. I became like, when they couldn't talk, they would both talk to me, and then I would talk to the other person for the other person. Oh, so you were like on the end of the stick, practically. I was you were hearing it from both sides. No, but I was in the middle. I, w- I became the shoulder to cry on for both of them. And then in doing so, I'm forming a stronger bond and friendship with my man, my boy. And then you're then creating I'm, a then sexual tension yeah. with the girlfriend. I guess a sexual my tension. My goodness. And I didn't mean sexual tension because I was even going for one of her friends. This girl that I could not get out of the friend zone with. So it wasn't like I was like overtly going for this girl at all. It just happened it just that happened. way in a way. <laughs> and uh, to this day, I, I still feel like a pit in my stomach for that moment. And what do you say to your friend? Like, I'm like, of course I said, I'm so sorry, man. And then like for weeks, like week... We tried to... Did it get every, weird between uh, you guys? You know what? Here's the reason why bro code works. Because we broke it down right then and there. And we talked about it. And yeah, for weeks, like, when we were hanging out, we, we didn't talk less, but we also looked at each other. You know, we, there's that, those moments where you just feel it. But it dissipates. You know, what stays strong is a bro code, a, friends, a friendship. And some girls will come. Some girls will go. Some girls will stay, but not for very long. Sometimes not very long or forever. Who knows? But if it's there and it's meant to be the friendship of the boy in the other, my friend will stay. If a girl comes in between that, you know, bro code has to be stamped down. That's also another thing I love about the bro code is the way you said it. You could fight about something and we could make up five seconds later. Yeah. Girls on the other hand, right. Are mean. Oh my They're goodness. vicious. They will hold a grudge against you. You could be marrying somebody and, yeah. if, and she has the microphone. That friend will stand up and be like, You did this. This is actually whatever, totally, totally true and nasty. Girls have psychological and bad <laughs> cat fights and warfare that goes on forever. Dudes, get it out and get it over with quick. Oh, yeah. It, it could escalate to physical violence, but it gets done. But it, then it gets figured out. You're just right back to. Pounding in, holding hands, and be like, "Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. It's okay." Because you know how many times men and friends have fist fought. There's all this over the course of time. All this testosterone, testosterone things, girls, love, breaking hearts, and whatever. But then moments later, they're right back. That's just that's just some of the men's ways out there. And uh, I'm saying some females, not all females, but some females out there, I've seen when they have their friends' issues, they do this long, calculated like text. The oh friend. my goodness! Remember, this is not all girls. This is just a few girls I've had experience of witnessing, because we cannot classify all this as one. Not no, girls be, versus guys. No, 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 no. That's not this us. This is 2019. I know. There's many kinds of all kinds, and all are gifts. Well, apparently, we learned that there's many kinds of different all kinds. There's many. This year. Well, yeah, 2019, man. We're supposed to be ahead of ourselves. Ain't that the truth? But I will say this. James's story I like because he handled it like a man. He could have like was it fun? Was it funny? Probably. Yeah, but not for you at the time. I bet no, you. No, but it was a big. Ooh, but you handled it right, man. Think you of went it, right in there and you asked. Think of it this way. Think about how much of an ass I felt because you know that I'm not this kind of human being. I'm actually yeah the nice, kind, soft kind of person, and doing something like that it's out of character for me. Out of character. Well said. But. We always have to find our moments out of character sometimes to develop who our character actually is. Now you know what you're not or what you don't want to be. And you took a very true foot forward and said something to him and made sure it was all right. 
And so I'm sure your friendship will go on and continue. And, yep, we're still talking. You know, Everything's good as new. Still talking to her, too. So I'm guessing everything's okay. So that will continue. But something in the other world, yeah. we're going to shift to sports. Something that's not continuing. Something that's not. Uh, speaking of bro code, apparently this bro code, in a way, kind of faltered by the way everything was handled. Yeah. Andrew Luck. Oh, man. You had no idea what uh, what I felt when I first heard this news. I was I was at a fantasy football draft. <laughs> I you didn't draft him, did you? No. Oh, thank goodness. The guy who did was furious. But I will say this. Andrew Luck it must have stunk because he clearly and ladies and gentlemen and mostly Colt fans, I'm coming at you right now. Yeah, because uh, you guys... It's Of course we understand your initial reaction of WTF. We understand that you guys are frustrated because, think of it this way, this guy was almost like Peyton Manning-esque good. That's yeah. how good and he so was. And so for about 20 years now. Because they were used to elite quarterback play. Yeah, because... Always Andrew in contention. Luck. Andrew Luck, I said this to you, I had him as top five best quarterbacks in the game. At one point. Absolutely. With Brady, Breeze, Rogers. Aaron Rodgers, Big Ben, and, luck, luck and is, Andrew Luck. luck is he right was there. up there. Yeah, for sure, dude. And always had a chance. I think we looked up a cool stat. It was uh, 16... 16 fourth quarter comebacks, 20 game winning drives. And he did that in seven seasons. Yeah, and he only played five and a half of those seasons. Pretty much. In 2000, what? In 2000... In 2000, I believe uh, it was 15, 15. I think he played like seven games. Correct. And like 2017, he missed the entire season. 2017, he missed the whole year. But to become the 2018 comeback player of the year... Not to mention he led the Colts to a team that... To the playoffs! No one thought that we were going to make it there. Yeah. And it was great to see him come back. And it was strange this offseason... When he's doing all this this program, he's doing all this work, and you hear of these injuries and these setbacks, you can't help but think that the arm surgery was a botch. Okay, you move on to that. Now we're dealing with the foot injury. Then it's the calf. Then it's the ankle. His body was clearly breaking down at the age of 29. Yeah, he's 29. And he's not, he'll be 30 on September 12th, so in a couple of weeks. Right. And did you hear, though, but, and this is where I'm talking to you, Colts fans, did you hear his voice Every interview he ever did, he was not only positive, he was humble, humble beyond belief, good grief. And even if he was dealing with negativity, he, he never put his head down and was like, you know, think about how stinks. much, think about how much he tried to get his ass back onto the field to help bring a Super Bowl to Indianapolis. He sacrificed all of his body and his mind. He had a lacerated uh, kidney, was it? And he had three. He had broken ribs. Yeah. The man has a concussion. The dude has literally a decrepit body. For a man at the age of 29 to call it quits, that means something was up. And not only weeks prior, he was still giving those interviews like, just got to do what we have to do to get back in the game. Yeah. I'm going to be there. I'm going to do this. It seemed like a, an abrupt decision. Oh, so, well, think of it this way. This was the decision where everyone's jaw just dropped like this. I'm like yeah. saying myself, I'm like, what? Andrew Luck retired? Is and that- I remember everyone's reaction at the fantasy football party I was at. Everyone was like, that's total lies. No way. No way. And it was verified because someone's like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, Adam Schefter reported it. I was like, what? when Adam Schefter reports it, yeah, it's true. It's like, let me see that. 
And it's, he said it. But I, like, this, I also what? had the same reaction to when uh, Odell Beckham got traded to Cleveland. I'm like saying to myself, this can't be real. This can't be real. Adam Schefter reported it. Holy crap, it's real. Yeah. It's like one of those kind of news. Well, you're a Giants fan, so you were devastated. I know, sure. but still, but still, though. How do you feel about Daniel Jones, by the way? Oh, yeah, she looks good in preseason right now. He's giving me a little bit of hope that... You know what I think that might do also? I think that might give Eli a little pep. It's not only going to give somebody he feels confident... He's got a job to fight for now yeah, after yeah, like yeah, the yeah. last like 13 years like with being by himself. A little bit more than that, too. I think he not only, A, he's like, you know what? Has I want to show how to do this job and do it right. Because he's going to hand the clipboard off to Daniel Jones. Eventually, you know? yeah. So, in a way, he's not only fighting for his job, but... He's still the quarterback to beat, and Daniel Jones is still young, but he did look good in preseason. And remember, folks, preseason is not much of a show. Uh, the defense is on teams. Here comes the no, cat. Here comes the cat. Wow. Say I hello. Was expect- <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. I was not expecting this. Like defenses, you don't know where a safety is going to come out and blitz you like this. Yeah, and she's still staying there right now. <laughs> I'm going to. Sorry. Here. Drama-free zone. But anyway, but as we say, they don't show, they don't throw the defensive packages at you that you would expect. They're just not going to show off what they're going to use in the season. So generic defenses, generic coverages, and what you get is it's a warm up practically to the season. Yeah. That's basically what preseason is. So when you have a quarterback go five for six or have a perfect drive, it's not Feel, like it feels good to start off. Feels good to get the ball thrown in the right direction. Wait until week one. Wait until real defenses are coming at him, and, and D in the first line is coming at him. All right, I got actually got one more thing to say about the Andrew Luck thing because I was not expecting you to talk about Daniel Jones and the Giants and all that other stuff. Andrew Luck, let's go right back. Okay, all these accomplishment, accomplishments that he was able to do, and Colts fans boo him when he left the sidelines. Mm. First of all. That's the thanks you give this guy? Here's Are a, you kidding me? I'm not going to play devil's advocate here because I'm on your side. But in the moment, and by the way, our kitty cat is still in the frame, so we're going to leave him there. <laughs> yes, he's yes. cozy and comfortable. She and, is cozy and comfortable. As you should be. Yes, she. Yeah. And you should be listening to us. People don't find out until it's happening. Reactions usually aren't good. Um, with him still there... And all of a sudden, just not being what they need. What we were discussing was the f- the fan and the player relationship. It's not a fair relationship. I was mentioning something Dan Lebetard said. He said, it's not in sickness and in health. It's only in, in health. Because when a player is sick, they're booed. They're, they're not doing anything. They're not giving me, the fan, any satisfaction. Of course. And not to say it's a selfish relationship, but fans, to be honest... Could give a rat's behind. They if, just don't. They just, if the guy's not performing, they just don't understand how it works. It's not only a football, a physical game. It's also very mental. Think about all the stress physically and mentally that Andrew Luck gave. He tried to do everything he can to get back onto the field. He went through setbacks left and right, left and oh right, left God, and right. Yes. But I'm sorry. If you're a real fan, you shouldn't boo a guy like Andrew Luggy. I think you're insane. Yeah, I, I agree. I'll say the fan doesn't really... The fan's going to be the fan. A fan has the right to cheer and to boo. They have the right to. We just... We're not going to stand on the either side of that. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm just going to feel sad because... Oh, I was very sad by The this. game... A weird part of football is being opened up with Andrew Luck... In a, you never see something like this with, a, with this position, the quarterback position. With his- with As, that elite talent. Because he does have a talent. Obviously, 
he's got a gr- he's got a great arm. The very winning t- game winning drives, fourth quarter comebacks. He didn't th- intercept the ball all that much. Only like two point five percent like the time in his career. Yeah, so that means every time he threw the ball, he, like. 97.5% time was completed yeah. or incomplete whatever you know it wasn't intercepted yeah. but we will say this Andrew Luck not only did you have 171 touchdowns 83 picks a career completion percentage of 60.8 so 61% that's pretty that's pretty spot on by the way that's a great career right there you got comeback player of the year in 2018 after dealing with a sideline injury in the entire year 2017 you clearly i heard it in your voice man you were fighting with positivity to come back every single time and it's a tragedy to me because i know deep down what all any athlete ever has to go to go through by saying to themselves and admitting to themselves that it's over and they have to move on, mm-hmm. that dude was an ultimate competitor. He did not want to leave at all. The fact not that he had to, the fact that he had to, means something was really wrong. So he not only had his body broken, his mind broken, but now the fans booing and it felt Indianapolis, like he, it felt his like heart he, is broken. Yeah, it felt like he left. He let an entire city down. So. On that note, no. on that note, I think of Andrew Luck, the whole situation with him. I find sad, it kind of similar. Man. It's very sad, but I also find it similar to a uh, an MLB player who retired, Troy Tulowitzki. Great talent. Yeah, Gone, his career shattered by injuries and setbacks left and right. And us were like, "Thank you, Troy, for playing one week for us." You gotta think of what happened. It's, but it's like you know, every player has to admit to themselves. All of a sudden, it's just like. They have to, every time they get injured, they have to f- do twice the work and twice the carefulness of coming back and doing it and always having in their mind that pain of how much it hurts, how this hurt. And then they have another setback and then another one and then another one. And then eventually the vehicle that you were riding on, this body, this earth, this life, eventually it's like a car. If parts don't work, the whole vehicle is just going to shut down one time. Yeah, it's, it's sad. And think of it this way. Think about how much effort you're putting as an athlete, too. Your body's just going to... Yeah. It's not like these guys are uh, just built... Made of stone, made of steel, it's like not, Superman. Yeah, it's not just there's... like Dan Dockage said something, like, I have a family member or whatever that's steel workers or whatever, like, you know, and he and you say your body hurts or you say you're tired. And then Doug Gottlieb on, on social media was coming at him, like, that is such a millennial thing to do, to, oh give, to give up before the age of 30. Like, I'm glad that those two are getting blasted because... So many people are saying, who are you to tell someone what's good for their life? Especially if you haven't gone through what they've gone through. Yeah, it's just like, it's one of those moments where you should just shut the F up, honestly. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's easy to take two different sides here, say, oh, but I'm taking right in the middle. I'm taking, I'm just only Andrew Luck. I'm thankful you what need- you did, and I'm feeling sorry that you had to make that choice, because I know you didn't want I, to. Like I said, I love the way you play. I thought you were a top five quarterback, and I felt like if he added a couple of rings, probably could have been the best quarterback right now. And you know my favorite thing about him? Not only was his intelligence on the field, the checkdowns or whatever, but honestly, he was tough. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he went to Stanford, and people were probably like, oh, what a... Dude, he, when he ran, he ran hard. And he took hard hits, man. He was a beast out there. He wasn't, he wasn't like... He gave 110%. You know what he could have used maybe a little bit more was what Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers do very well, Andrew Brees, 
They avoid contact. They know exactly. when the moment is up. They know how to stay elusive, but they also they'd rather throw the ball away and try on third and ten. Andrew Luck was the guy who would dive for two more yards to make it third and eight, but his body would have been destroyed on that hit. Well, he wanted to prove that he was tough as nails. And he didn't have to prove anything. He was he already did. tough. We all knew, yeah, we all knew that he was tough. But man, it's just it's still jaw. It's, 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 I can't believe it's, it. It's gut wrenching. It's gut wrenching because we lost a great quarterback. We did, and it's new. It's new to have somebody kind of drop off like that. You know, we're not used to a, a star. And granted, yeah, he's going through injury and this and that. We always see them eventually come back and try, but... Andrew Luck retired and Tom Brady's still playing. Think of it that way. That's crazy. I, that is insane. Tom Brady's like 42. I bet you like there's some stat that like Tom Brady was playing when Andrew Luck was born or something like that. And that's just, that's just crazy, man. I know. But let's switch. Let's Brett, lighten things up a little let's bit. Because, man, man, that was deep and tough beyond belief. Lying up. How about our Yankees? So, the episode, DJ LeMayhew. We're going to bring it back to the positive here. DJ LeMayhew, first of all, still MVP candidate, obviously. He should be. Uh, DJ LeMayhew's batting 332. he He's got 22 homers and 87 RBIs. Not to mention that leadoff bomb against Clayton Kershaw. Yeah, and he's <laughs> a leadoff hitter. Leadoff hitter, and he hit a leadoff home run against one of the best pitchers in the game. Clayton that Kershaw. Was a, that was a big series against LA. Now, granted... Everyone might think that that's a World Series preview, and I obviously kept on saying it. I kept on saying to you, I can't wait for this series against the Dodgers at Dodger Stadium because this it was, is a World Series preview. It was a big pickup because we got swept by the Oakland A's. Right as, a, as always. We always do terrible at the Coliseum but it for almost, some reason. It almost tells me that they were kind of just looking ahead. They might have just had their eyes fixed on the Dodgers series. Oh, so you're saying that they purposely pit, played bad so that way well, they, they can face the Dodgers? they don't purposely play bad. I just say people. <laughs> I know, but. People's focus, you know, they're like, all right, we, it just, was like, we got the game we got tonight, and they just weren't entirely. It just felt Sometimes like. Sometimes you can't explain a three-game loss. It just felt like the Oakland series was back to square one with the problems with the starting pitching with Herman and Tanaka. And but the proof is that right when the Dodgers series started. Got, we still got it. We were back. We were, we were there. Clearly, they were just hungry for that series, and everything did well. Yeah. Mostly across the board, pitching was good, and mostly across the board, the hitting was good. The hitting was great. So, I liked seeing that against another elite team. I was very happy to see that. And yes, You the, felt good as a Yankee fan. Yeah. I felt know, great. And I love the fact that the games are on so late, because I, I'm a night owl. I'm fortunate not a night owl. I will probably pass out within the next hour or so. Yeah, and it's, uh, what are we approaching, 9 p.m.? Yankees don't even play for another hour. At Seattle. Only two more games on the West Coast, and then they come back home to face the Oakland A's, which will be the revenge series once again. Yes, maybe. Should we'll, be. We'll see. They do have this, they do have, uh, I think they have the second wild card spot right now. They're a team to beat. They are the team to beat. They're I, the money ball team, as but, always. But as always, I, I'm not going to, Say anything that it's you shouldn't say. It's hard to not hate to hate. No, 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 the no, 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 Humble pie here. I'm saying humble pie. I'm they're they're that equation. Yes, Billy Bean has the math equation done a little bit better than most to deal with not a much money and make a, the W, the ultimate statistic that can, he wants. Can this guy get on base? But over yeah, over 162. The games that they have in a year. How many W's can I get with these pieces on the chessboard? Now. When it comes down to playoff time, though, they, you, it's a one-game thing. Like last year when the Yankees beat the A's, it's or, th or a five-game series or a seven-game series. But 
those equations just don't work in playoff time. So that might nope. get you to the playoffs, but it's not going to win you Larry, the title. Last time the Oakland A's made it to the American League Championship Series was in 2006, and they got swept by the Tigers. Maglio Ordonez walk-off home run. See? He remembers things like that. I know. It's insane. And something else also cool he remembered. Now, we were said the Yankees have 29 games left. And oh, they have yes. a nine-and-a-half game lead. Up on Tampa Bay. So we're like, okay, we're feeling good. But what's your uh, what's your saying about Humble pie. Exactly. Humble pie. James remembers humble pie. He wants to be excited. He wants to be like, yeah, we're... But, but he remembers. 29 games left. Nine-and-a-half back. One of the worst collapses happened was... I was actually at my grandma's house when this happened. The New York Mets back in 2007. 2007. Seven and a half games lead up on the Philadelphia Phillies with 17 games left. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's what happened. Mm-mm. Gone in 17 games. Lost, 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 lost. Phillies won, won, won. Game 162. Wow. I remember I was watching it with my grandfather. Tom Glavin, you're like, okay, maybe they have a shot to win this game. He gave up seven runs in the first inning, oh. and that was it. Oh, man. I still remember that. Yikes. I just remember the front cover pages. Everyone's like this. It's like you can't help but feel bad what, because what of the mess, because they kept that collapsing, because the year before that, Carlos Beltran took a curveball and went right down the middle. It was just... The things he remembers. I know. It's insane. And here we are. We've arrived at our end. I know. The things you remember from this episode. Can't wait for September. You should hit us up. You should uh, hit us up on YouTube and Facebook and all these Twitter, things. And Twitter. Instagram. And Instagram. I post some good stuff like that last post of how DJ LeMahieu is not on the MVP finalist thing according to a poll. And he's angry. I'm very angry because I think that's absolute bullcrap. What's our social media? Our, our Twitter is Life at Pinstripes. Instagram is Life at Pinstripes. JM21. Stolzenberg TJ. Stolzenberg TJ. Stolzenberg TJ. Our Facebook page, Life at Pinstripes. Great stuff. Great stuff. As always. And uh, hey, that was a very happy, funny story. It's very sad. Happy. Hopefully the Yankees ha- continue on happy. It felt like the cyclone or one of those rides that like compounds on us. Hey, Boulder Dash. I love Boulder Dash. So much fun. There. I used to work there. Anywho. Hey, same here. I think we actually worked there at That's the same right. time. That's right. <laughs> we did. You worked in the food section. I worked yep. in games. That was great. Those are the days, bud. Yeah. But now we're all grown up. Mm-hmm. Don't say that. <laughs> no, we're not. Okay. We're still young. And uh, it's been great. Thanks for listening. And as always, you guys, hit us up. Come on. Poke us. Like us. Do whatever you got to do in social media. We don't bite. And uh, thanks for listening. That's all. And never forget, forget to rock, rock and, and or roll.